section nineteen of english literature by william j long this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six continued part six the prose writers francis bacon fifteen sixty one sixteen twenty six in bacon we see one of those complex and contradictory natures which are the despair of the biographer if the writer be an admirer of bacon he finds too much that he must excuse or pass over in silence if he takes his stand on the law to condemn the avarice and dishonesty of his subject he finds enough moral courage and nobility to make him question the justice of his own judgment on the one hand is rugged ben jonson's tribute to his power and ability and on the other hallam's summary that he was a man who being entrusted with the highest gifts of heaven habitually abused them for the poorest purposes of earth hired them out for guineas places and titles in the service of injustice covetousness and oppression laying aside the opinions of others and relying only upon the facts of bacon's life we find on the one side the politician cold calculating selfish and on the other the literary and scientific man with an impressive devotion to truth for its own great sake here a man using questionable means to advance his own interests and there a man seeking with zeal and endless labor to penetrate the secret ways of nature with no other object than to advance the interests of his fellow-men so in our ignorance of the secret motives and springs of the man's life judgment is necessarily suspended bacon was apparently one of those double natures that only god is competent to judge because of the strange mixture of intellectual strength and moral weakness that is in them life bacon was the son of sir nicholas bacon lord keeper of the seal and of the learned anne cook sister-in-law to lord burley greatest of the queen's statesmen from these connections as well as from native gifts he was attracted to the court and as a child was called by elizabeth her little lord keeper at twelve he went to cambridge but left the university after two years declaring the whole plan of education to be radically wrong and the system of aristotle which was the basis of all philosophy in those days to be a childish delusion since in the course of centuries it had produced no fruit but only a jungle of dry and useless branches strange even for a sophomore of fourteen thus to condemn the whole system of the universities but such was the boy and the system next year in order to continue his education he accompanied the english ambassador to france where he is said to have busied himself chiefly with the practical studies of statistics and diplomacy two years later he was recalled to london by the death of his father without money and naturally with expensive tastes he applied to his uncle burley for a lucrative position 
it was in this application that he used the expression so characteristic of the elizabethan age that he had taken all knowledge for his province burleigh who misjudged him as a dreamer and self-seeker not only refused to help him at the court but successively opposed his advancement by elizabeth bacon then took up the study of law and was admitted to the bar in fifteen eighty two that he had not lost his philosophy in the mazes of the law is shown by his tract written about this time on the greatest birth of time which was a plea for his inductive system of philosophy reasoning from many facts to one law rather than from an assumed law to particular facts which was the deductive method that had been used for centuries in his famous plea for progress bacon demanded three things the free investigation of nature the discovery of facts instead of theories and the verification of results by experiment rather than by argument in our day these are the a b c of science but in bacon's time they seemed revolutionary as a lawyer he became immediately successful his knowledge and power of pleading became widely known and it was almost at the beginning of his career that johnson wrote the fear of every one that heard him speak was that he should make an end the publication of his essays added greatly to his fame but bacon was not content his head was buzzing with huge schemes the pacification of unhappy ireland the simplification of english law the reform of the church the study of nature the establishment of a new philosophy meanwhile sad to say he played the game of politics for his personal advantage he devoted himself to essex the young and dangerous favorite of the queen won his friendship and then used him skillfully to better his own position when the earl was tried for treason it was partly at least through bacon's efforts that he was convicted and beheaded and though bacon claims to have been actuated by a high sense of justice we are not convinced that he understood either justice or friendship in appearing as queen's counsel against the man who had befriended him his cold-bloodedness and lack of moral sensitiveness appear even in his essays on love and friendship indeed we can understand his life only upon the theory that his intellectuality left him cold and dead to higher sentiments of our humanity during elizabeth's reign bacon had sought repeatedly for high office but had been blocked by burleigh and perhaps also by the queen's own shrewdness in judging men with the advent of james i bacon devoted himself to the new ruler and rose rapidly in favor he was knighted and soon afterwards attained another object of his ambition in marrying a rich wife the appearance of his great work the advancement of learning in sixteen o five was largely the result of the mental stimulus produced by his change in fortune in sixteen thirteen he was made attorney-general and speedily made enemies by using the office to increase his personal ends he justified himself in his course by his devotion to the king's cause and by the belief that the higher his position and the more ample his means 
the more he could do for science it was in this year that bacon wrote his series of state papers which show a marvelous grasp of the political tendencies of his age had his advice been followed it would have certainly averted the struggle between king and parliament that followed speedily in sixteen seventeen he was appointed to his father's office lord keeper of the seal and the next year to the high office of lord chancellor with this office he received the title of baron verulam and later of viscount st alban which he affixed with some vanity to his literary work two years later appeared his greatest work the novum organum called after aristotle's famous organon bacon did not long enjoy his political honors the storm which had been long gathering against james government broke suddenly upon bacon's head when parliament assembled in sixteen twenty one it vented its distrust of james and his favorite villers by striking unexpectedly at their chief adviser bacon was sternly accused of accepting bribes and the evidence was so great that he confessed that there was much political corruption abroad in the land that he was personally guilty of some of it and he threw himself upon the mercy of his judges parliament at that time was in no mood for mercy bacon was deprived of his office and was sentenced to pay the enormous fine of forty thousand pounds to be imprisoned during the king's pleasure and thereafter to be banished for ever from parliament and court though the imprisonment lasted only a few days and the fine was largely remitted bacon's hopes and schemes for political honors were ended and it is at this point of appalling adversity that the nobility in the man's nature asserts itself strongly if the reader be interested to apply a great man's philosophy to his own life he will find the essay of great place most interesting in this connection bacon now withdrew permanently from public life and devoted his splendid ability to literary and scientific work he completed the essays experimented largely wrote history scientific articles and one scientific novel and made additions to his instauratio magna the great philosophical work which was never finished in the spring of sixteen twenty six while driving in a snowstorm it occurred to him that snow might be used as a preservative instead of salt true to his own method of arriving at truth he stopped at the first house bought a fowl and proceeded to test his theory the experiment chilled him and he died soon after from the effects of his exposure as macaulay wrote the great apostle of experimental philosophy was destined to be its martyr works of bacon bacon's philosophic works the advancement of learning and the novum organum will be best understood in connection with the instauratio magna or the great institution of true philosophy of which they were parts the instauratio was never completed but the very idea of the work was magnificent to sweep away the involved philosophy of the schoolmen 
and the educational systems of the universities to substitute a single great work which should be a complete education a rich storehouse for the glory of the creator and for the relief of man's estate the object of this education was to bring practical results to all the people instead of a little selfish culture and much useless speculation which he conceived were the only products of the universities the instauratio magna this was the most ambitious though it is not the best known of bacon's works for the insight it gives us into the author's mind we note here a brief outline of his subject it was divided into six parts as follows one partitiones scientiarum this was to be a classification and summary of all human knowledge philosophy and all speculation must be cast out and the natural sciences established as the basis of all education the only part completed was the advancement of learning which served as an introduction to novum organum or the new instrument that is the use of reason and experiment instead of the old aristotelian logic to find truth one must do two things a get rid of all prejudices or idols as bacon called them these idols are four idols of the tribe that is prejudices due to common methods of thought among all races idols of the cave or den that is personal peculiarities and prejudices idols of the marketplace due to errors of language and idols of the theatre which are the unreliable traditions of men b after discarding the above idols we must interrogate nature must collect facts by means of numerous experiments arrange them in order and then determine the law that underlies them it will be seen at a glance that the above is the most important of bacon's works the organum was to be in several books only two of which he completed and these he wrote and rewrote twelve times until they satisfied him three historic naturalis et experimentalis the study of all the phenomena of nature of four parts of this work which he completed one of them at least the silva silvarum is decidedly at variance with his own ideas of fact and experiment it abounds in fanciful explanations more worthy of the poetic than of the scientific mind nature is seen to be full of desires and instincts the air thirsts for light and fragrance bodies rise or sink because they have an appetite for height or depth the qualities of bodies are the result of an essence so that when we discover the essences of gold and silver and diamonds it will be a simple matter to create as much of them as we may need for scala intellectus or ladder of the mind is the rational application of the organum to all problems by it the mind should ascend step by step from particular facts and instances to general laws and abstract principles five prodromi prophecies or anticipations is a list of discoveries that men shall make when they have applied bacon's methods of study and experimentation six 
philosophia secunda which was to be a record of practical results of the new philosophy when the succeeding ages should have applied it faithfully it is impossible to regard even the outline of such a vast work without an involuntary thrill of admiration for the bold and original mind which conceived it we may said bacon make no despicable beginnings the destinies of the human race must complete the work for upon this will depend not only a speculative good but all the fortunes of mankind and all their power there is the unconscious expression of one of the great minds of the world bacon was like one of the architects of the middle ages who drew his plans for a mighty cathedral perfect in every detail from the deep foundation stone to the cross on the highest spire and who gave over his plans to the builders knowing that in his own lifetime only one tiny chapel would be completed but knowing also that the very beauty of his plans would appeal to others and that succeeding ages would finish the work which he dared to begin the essays bacon's famous essays is the one work which will interest all students of our literature his instauratio was in latin written mostly by paid helpers from short english abstracts he regarded latin as the only language worthy of a great work but the world neglected his latin to seize upon his english marvellous english terse pithy packed with thought in an age that used endless circumlocutions the first ten essays published in fifteen ninety seven were brief notebook jottings of bacon's observations their success astonished the author but not till fifteen years later were they republished and enlarged their charm grew upon bacon himself and during his retirement he gave more thought to the wonderful language which he had at first despised as much as aristotle's philosophy in sixteen twelve appeared a second edition containing thirty-eight essays and in sixteen twenty five the year before his death he republished the essays in their present form polishing and enlarging the original ten to fifty-eight covering a wide variety of subjects suggested by the life of men around him concerning the best of these essays there are as many opinions as there are readers and what one gets out of them depends largely upon his own thought and intelligence in this respect they are like that nature to which bacon directed men's thoughts the whole volume may be read through in an evening but after one has read them a dozen times he still finds as many places to pause and reflect as at the first reading if one must choose out of such a storehouse we would suggest studies goodness riches atheism unity in religion adversity friendship and great place as an introduction to bacon's worldly wise philosophy miscellaneous works other works of bacon are interesting as a revelation of the elizabethan mind rather than because of any literary value the new atlantis is a kind of scientific novel describing another utopia as seen by bacon the inhabitants of atlantis have banished philosophy 
and applied bacon's method of investigating nature using the results to better their own condition they have a wonderful civilization in which many of our later discoveries academies of the sciences observatories balloons submarines the modification of species and several others were foreshadowed with a strange mixture of cold reason and poetic intuition de sapientia veterum is a fanciful attempt to show the deep meaning underlying ancient myths a meaning which would have astonished the myth-makers themselves the history of henry the seventh is a calm dispassionate and remarkably accurate history which makes us regret that bacon did not do more historical work besides these are metrical versions of certain psalms which are valuable in view of the controversy anent shakespeare's plays for showing bacon's utter inability to write poetry and a large number of letters and state papers showing the range and power of his intellect bacon's place and work although bacon was for the greater part of his life a busy man of affairs one cannot read his work without becoming conscious of two things a perennial freshness which the world insists upon in all literature that is to endure and an intellectual power which marks him as one of the great minds of the world of late the general tendency is to give less and less prominence to his work in science and philosophy but criticism of his instauratio in view of his lofty aim is of small consequence it is true that his science to-day seems woefully inadequate true also that though he sought to discover truth he thought perhaps to monopolize it and so looked with the same suspicion upon copernicus as upon the philosophers the practical man who despises philosophy has simply misunderstood the things he despises in being practical and experimental in a romantic age he was not unique as is often alleged but only expressed the tendency of the english mind in all ages three centuries earlier the monk roger bacon did more practical experimenting than the elizabethan sage and the latter's famous idols are strongly suggestive of the former's four sources of human ignorance although bacon did not make any of the scientific discoveries at which he aimed yet the whole spirit of his work especially of the organum has strongly influenced science in the direction of accurate observation and of carefully testing every theory by practical experiment he that regardeth the clouds shall not sow said a wise writer of old and bacon turned men's thoughts from the heavens above with which they had been too busy to the earth beneath which they had too much neglected in an age when men were busy with romance and philosophy he insisted that the first object of education is to make a man familiar with his natural environment from books he turned to men from theory to fact from philosophy to nature and that is perhaps his greatest contribution to life and literature like moses upon pisgah he stood high enough above his fellows to look out over a promised land which his people would inherit but into which he himself might never enter 
End of section 19.